Hey there, you looking for a better way to live? Well, this podcast is dedicated to your spiritual survival. It allows you, hopefully, to embrace the God-given peace that comes through a revelation of Christ. If you don't know it by now, my name is Tim Atterbury, and today, I am your life coach. So, let's get this show started. I was thinking, just a few weeks back, you know how, as Christians, we go to church, if you've been like me, you've gone to church for like, most of your life, every Sunday, many Wednesdays, like most of my life, Sundays and Wednesdays. It's different now because I'm in Honduras doing mission work, but and I go to church a lot more than that sometimes. But really, when I'm thinking back about growing up in church, I was under different pastors, and I've even helped out in different church organizations. So the idea of church is not new to me, but something that's interesting is that out of all those years, it seemed like we were always talking about how to help ourselves but not as much about evangelism, honestly. When I, when I just break it down, just thinking about it all, or I should say when I generalize it, it just seems like it was more focused on me trying to be better to get to heaven, which I think is kind of crazy now that I think about it, or, you know, how to, how to just improve my life day and day. I draw closer to Christ, be closer to God, how to, how to do more be more engaged in my spiritual life. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. Well, today we're going to talk about living a spiritual life. And I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about really being spiritual. So I think we're going to talk about a few interesting things here. But I'm taking my my scripture text. is going to be Mark 11. And I'm just going to pull that up right now. If you have a Bible, you can look at Mark 11. We're going to be talking around verse 22. You know, Jesus was speaking here to people that were not Christians. Obviously, they were his disciples, if you're looking at the text. But he was not speaking to Christians. They weren't Christians. We could say they were followers of Christ. But nobody could be a Christian, technically, until they were born-again believers. That's what they called Christians. So, these were not born-again believers. Matter of fact, Jesus never spoke to born-again believers. So as we look at these scriptures, um, just want you to keep that in mind. Because I think that's, sometimes we get in a framework of our Christian mind and our Christian perspective. And, and we have to step out sometimes and remember how it was when we weren't Christian. Or even give the sinner a chance, you know, to, how do I say it, to relate to them in that way. Let's just look at this, and maybe maybe I'll make sense out of it. I'm kind of babbling right now. So anyway, let's look at um, the Scripture. I do want to give you a placement. This is happening after they went to Jerusalem and were headed back. Uh, on the way there, Jesus saw a fig tree and wanted some figs to eat. And he went up to it and saw that it didn't have any leaves, so it wasn't time for the the figs to actually be on the tree. But either way, he saw the tree and it didn't provide for him, and he cursed the tree. And he cursed it for not producing fruit. It basically told it, you won't provide fruit for anybody ever again. This could have had some kind of prophetic meaning 
I'm sure it did. The fig tree represents Israel, and it was out of season. And there's some things you could say, but that's not really for us today. We're not going to talk about that. But just noting that he did curse the tree on its way there, and he told it it would produce fruit no more for anyone. And just think about it for a minute. If you were the tree, what are your options? You stop producing fruit because he said so. Well, you have no reason to live after that, do you? So, I guess the tree just died. Well, that's what it looked like. It just withered away. That's what Peter observed on their way back. He looked at the tree, and well, it was was dying. But let's just talk about for a minute what he tells them there next, because it's really important. I'm just going to read one little line, and then we'll read the rest of the text later. But it says this, Jesus replied to them, Okay, so then Peter remind, remembered what then Peter remembered what happened and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed is withered. And Jesus replied to them, Have faith in God. That was his answer. Have faith in God. So let's talk about that for a second, because it's tricky. Uh, many of us think that a non-Christian or a non-believer, um, when it comes to the New Covenant, that for them to have faith, they would have to be saved. Well, that's not true. The Bible tells us that everybody's given a measure of faith, So, or in some cases, the measure of faith, depending on how you want to see that interpreted. But many people believe in God. You know how many people actually believe that God may be the creator of the universe? He even says, yeah, I believe that. Or, yeah, Jesus, I believe he died for my sins, but just haven't accepted him into their lives as their Savior. So faith, what I want to say is faith and being a believer are not the same thing. Faith is required of the, to believe, to, to become a born-again Christian, but you can have faith and not be saved. I don't think we think about that. That's where I was talking about earlier. It's like we got to put ourselves in the mindset of the sinner, and we don't always think or realize some things. We've been away from it so long. In some cases, we forget how it is. But a sinner can still believe in God and can even believe that Jesus died for their sins. I've had people tell me that in Honduras. Jesus, I know that Jesus died for my sin, but they just don't live right. They're saying it's not time, or they. They, they, they have whatever reason. They're not going to church. Uh, they're just happy like they are, whatever the case. But it doesn't mean that they don't have faith. Okay? So people can have faith. That's interesting. Everybody has faith. Some faith. And some enough to believe to see major results out of it, even if they're not Christian. I've seen people healed recently. <laughs> that, that weren't Christians. Of course, I shared the gospel with them, talked to them about it, but not before they received their miracle. It's pretty amazing. So there are people that believe that in God and even that Jesus was, their all, was his all-powerful son or was God, even if they haven't believed him for their eternal life. Kind of sad, isn't it? So it is possible to believe what Jesus teaches, but not always receive the fullness of the eternal blessings, the eternal life that, that one can have. 
But he does connect this process to forgiveness. I think this, for everybody to learn, it was kind of an add-on lesson in the Scripture. When I read it, you'll see that. So he did connect it to forgiveness. And in this uh, scenario, he mentions that forgiveness, you know, we have to forgive in in order for the Father to forgive us. So, you know, if we're going to receive from him what he has to offer, we have to be willing to forgive and do something, right? It does not rule out, you know, that you're saved by grace and not by works, but works are going to come automatically. The works of love are going to come into your life. So we do uh, do things, and one of them is forgive. Hmm. Forgiveness is important. So we have to understand what he's telling us about the whole process, but it's pretty amazing what he says, so I'm going to read it now without uh, dragging it out anymore. I've kind of given you this long, mysterious introduction, so if you haven't read it already, here it is. Have faith in God, he says. I assure you, if anyone says to this mountain, I'm going to have to do a little commentary here. If anyone says to this mountain, okay, so they're saying it to the mountain, be lifted up and be thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. He says it, he doesn't doubt, but believes that what he says will happen, so he believes what he's saying, it will be done for him. Okay, so let me just read that without the commentary. I assure you, if anyone says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, It will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, all the things you pray and ask for, believe that you have received them and you will have them. Wow. Listen to that. Therefore, I tell you, all the things you pray and ask for, pray and ask for, believe that you have received. Believe now that you have already received them and You will have them. Well, that's present, past, and future. That's crazy, isn't it? And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you your wrongdoings. But if you don't forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your wrongdoing. So there you have it. There's the judgment at the end. So you see, he's telling us about faith. He's telling us how to have everything in this life with faith. But he's telling us, basically, if we move our faith into a place of forgiveness, because it couldn't be saved then, they didn't understand the plan of salvation. He came back and explained that for 40 days to the disciples about how that process works more, about the kingdom of God. But what they could understand is they would stand and pray. We kneel and pray, but Jews generally stand and pray. There's only a few prayers. There's one main one that they do on their knees, but for the most part, they pray standing up. As a matter of fact, a lot of them reject praying on their knees now because it's what Christians do, and they don't like it. But Christians are learning to stand up and pray as well, so I guess it's even. But anyway, um, they stood and prayed, and the prayers that they would stand and pray daily, they'd pray like three times a day, there would be standing prayers. And he said when they prayed those prayers, 
that they should make sure they don't have anything against anybody else and nobody has anything against them that they haven't tried to resolve and to forgive. And if we ask for that forgiveness, then he'll, the Father will forgive us. Think about that because in the Lord's Prayer it says kind of the same thing, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So there's this little catch in there that we have to understand about forgiveness. I think this will empower us to do mighty things in God, miracle-working things. But even if we weren't saved, just saying, faith could do a work. This is why Jesus says, if anyone, anyone, anyone says to this mountain, it's just crazy to me because anyone is anyone. And, wow, it reminds me of the scripture where it says something about, you know, people go to heaven and think they're going to get, get into heaven. They say, we did miracles in your name. And he says, depart from me. I never knew you. So how did they do the miracles? Well, here it is. Anyone can. If they believe it, if they believe what they're saying, it'll happen. It'll be done for them. This is something Jesus has given. This is God at work in us. I'm not going to try to explain all that, but it can happen, okay? It can happen according to the Scriptures. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying I understand it all. But it can happen even to an unbeliever. So this also is why I can pray for somebody that's in sin, and they can be delivered. I'm not even go where my mind just went, but it's a question I have. I'll have to study it and do it sometime. But, well, just understand from what I'm saying right now that a, 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 a non-believer, an unbeliever can still have faith in God to do a miracle, and it'll happen. That's what he's saying. Anyone. But I, I have a little example of this, because this scripture came to mind because I was in Honduras just a little while back in a... It was an evening. I was in El Rosario, right, right in my office upstairs. It's an upstairs office, a second floor with a patio out front. I could see down, and there was a, a gentleman that I knew. He goes to church. He was down there sitting on the step of my entrance. So I went down the steps and went out the gate and sat down with him in the street and was just talking. And I don't always do that, just casual conversation in the street. Sometimes I'll talk over there or invite them up, but I went down where he was. Hung out a little bit. There were a lot of people in the street, just walking around, buying things, talking to people, motorcycles passing, motor taxis parked nearby. And anyway, all of a sudden, the electricity went out. It's not uncommon there, but the electricity just went out. And when it went out, it was pretty dark, but not completely dark. So I could see a silhouette still of the mountains over us. And so when I saw the mountains, I thought, well, that's, I thought of the scripture. And I looked at him and I said, you know, the Bible says that if we say to this mountain and believe it in our heart, if we just say that mountain move and be cast into the sea, it would be done. If we believe what we say. I mean, what kind of faith is that? That's amazing. He said, well, then why don't you say that to the mountain? Why don't you tell it to move? Something hit me. I know it was the spirit, just, just, it was like a focus came, like an arrow, and it pierced through me, but it went straight to him. He was standing, sitting a little bit behind me. I was standing up at that point. I turned around and looked at him after he said that. 
And I, I looked at his hand and I said, tell me about your hand, because I knew he had an injury from last year in his hand. And he said, well, I can't feel anything in three fingers on the back of my hand. I can't feel anything in these three fingers. And there was index and middle ring finger and couldn't feel anything over the back of my hand. And he said, where my injury is on the side below his wrist, he touched it. He said, if I hit it there, we are, I feel this sharp stabbing pain go through. I said, let me pray for your hand. So I put my hand over his. I commanded the nerves to be normal, his muscles to develop correctly. For everything in his hand, basically just prayed for healing in different parts of things, for his fingers to start feeling. And, and I asked him, I touched the back of his hand, do you feel anything? He said, no. I touched it again, no. Touched it a little bit closer in between his fingers, finger joints, nothing. And let me pray again. And I said, I command you to go in the name of Jesus. I command everything that is against this body to leave. I command the nerves to go into place. I command them to remap. I remember saying remap. I can't tell you everything, but these are the kind of things I was saying to him. And when I said remap, he said, I feel something. No. When I said remap, I remember that I was just picturing. I was seeing his, his nerves and his arm get remapped. But when I said that... Then I touched his hand again, and I said, do you feel anything? He said, no. Do you feel anything? No. Do you feel anything? No. I was moving my finger, thumb down the back of his hand. I went back up to close to his wrist again. I said, do you feel anything? No. Do you feel anything? When I hit the middle part, he said, yes. Yes. When I hit it again, yes. And all of a sudden, he said it was like fire just going up through his arm all the way up. He said, it feels like fire. And I said, that is your nerves remapping. Just give it a minute. Let God do his work. And you know what? We sat there for about 15 minutes until his hand was completely healed. And in my own little sense of humor, my own way of doing things, I turned around and said, well, isn't that better than moving a mountain? <laughs> we both laughed. and Yeah, but he received his miracle. Amazed, both of us, what just happened. Amazed. But we moved a mountain that night. It, this mountain, in his, in his case, was his hand. It had lost feeling in, in the back of his fingers and his hand. So my question to you is, what's your mountain? Is it physical pain or illness? Or tell it to move. Tell it to go. Cast it into the sea. Is it emotional trauma, depression, fear, anxiety? Tell it to go in Jesus' name. Believe what you say and it will become... Pray and ask God to help you and let it happen. My friend, hope has arrived, but its essence is trust. So trust in God to heal you and help you, and He will. You are a child of God. You are a son of God. You identify with Him, and He has taught us how to trust in His Word. So let His Word do its perfect work in you. My friend, as I always say at the end of my podcast, that faith works through love. So let your faith do its perfect work. And in this scripture, let not only faith do its work in miracles, signs, and wonders, but let forgiveness just flow over your your very being and let it just pour out to those around you and while they are getting healed maybe they'll just get saved amen
We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening in. 